So let me throw this out at you, Al. Where do you come out on the social media entities for professional sports teams trolling each other? Are you pro or con? I think you and I had this conversation before. If I'm if I'm a certain franchise, if I'm running a franchise, if you're the Lakers, if you're the Dodgers, mm-hmm. I'm probably not going out of my way to troll another team. <laughs> if you're some of the other franchises out there where, you know, you haven't had much success or you kind of find a way to entertain your fan base. Cold as ice. There are certain strategies that you take. Read this one off. We just, Funches so, just uh, shared this with us. The Pelicans, their official uh, Twitter feed, it says, New Orleans Pelicans, blue check mark at Pelicans NBA, beat Lakers by 28 in L.A. <laughs> Which is just terrific. Because, look, what are you going to put? We're only 11 games under 500 now. They, they know that the Lakers are, you know, the, one of the prestigious franchises in this league. This is something that they can hang their hat on at least for a day or put two. Put up a banner. Let's. <laughs> why not? Put up why a banner. Not? You did I, it. I, I like it. I, I, I'm with you. Like if the lake, it. This is fun, right? This is not personal. It's just it, it's light. And the I was telling you guys a minute ago over the weekend, um, the Anaheim Ducks, my squad, go Ducks. Um, they lost to the the New York Islanders. I think it's four or five to nothing. And they put something on their Twitter feed that said, "Well, that didn't go very well." The L.A. Kings then immediately responded with their own score against the Islanders where they had beaten them four or five to nothing that said something like, well, didn't look that hard to us. <laughs> so not only are you insulting the Islanders, but you're doubling down and insulting the Ducks. I, I like it. I like the, the, the kind of the, the well, what talk between squads. We've seen this. Um, we've seen this. Emily was just doing the cold as ice, right? The game cold against the, Sa- the Sacramento <laughs> Kings game, right? And – it's there's listen I, I think there's certain franchises where you're kind of like okay I, I'm not that surprised by it because they're trying to cater to their audience yeah. do I think the Yankees are going to do that tomorrow no probably not no but do not I think Belichick do I think Belichick is going to go up to the social media department and say guys really would love after this Jets game you guys you know Give them a little bit of something. Always shoot up. If you shoot down, it looks weird. But if the Lakers did have to respond, would they go after Zion? Would they go – where would – No, they would say uh, put up a banner. Okay. Yeah. It would be something about we've won – what is it, 17 now? We've won 17 world championships. Good luck getting into the playoffs for a second to something like that. It would say beat the Lakers by 28 in L.A. That should be your banner. That should go up. (laughs) You know how they have – they got a game coming up on Wednesday, and they're just putting up the banner like this. They're getting it up All there. All of New hey, Orleans gets on their feet. They the cheer for it. Is, though, the difference is it's not just that the Lakers are a bad team this year. It's that they were supposed to be an extraordinarily good team. Because just smacking a guy who's down is not that fun, right? But smacking a guy who's down who was supposed to be way up and everyone thought that – the, the ceiling was championship, and now you're floating around ninth and tenth place. That That's when you really can let them have it. Well, I, listen, this is kind of the – the Lakers, as bad as they've been all season long, continue to be a top storyline, right? Last week you were always talking about be. it. It was all the LBJ stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's the Lakers, and it's on top of it. You have stars, and it's, you know, everything that comes with it. So there is – look – Sports Center and First Take and Undisputed on Fox. Go go through all of them. Go watch any of those shows. You're not going to get 10 minutes in without some kind of conversation about the Lakers. And I think there's always going to be angles to it. I think the Pelicans 
obviously you beat somebody when they're down, and I think there's a lot of people doing that. I like it. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's try a phone call. Let's go to the Valley here this time. And Yusuf in Van Nuys. Yusuf, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up? Um, Alan, welcome back, bro. Thank you. Uh, uh, so I got two things real quick. So as far as what the Lakers can, can do, what about we just send Anthony Davis home at the end of the season? Send him to Chicago. You get either for DeMar or Vucevic with a player and a pick. So either or. And then you package the pick from Chicago and the player with our second round from this year and trying to get Dame Lillard from the Blazers. Yes, appreciate you calling in. All right, I, I think going through all the hypotheticals of what kind of trade would you make and this and that, I think it's better to actually talk about the strategy that the Lakers have coming into the offseason, Trav. Yeah, but before you do that, can I just yeah. throw something out there? Sure. Um, guys, I, I, I know I've said this before, but I'm, I'm really asking you. I'm really asking you, before you throw any trade proposals out there, you need to at least kind of go through the process of asking, would the other team have any interest? Why nope. would anybody want Anthony Davis at this point? Why the, the Bulls are good. The Bulls have a good team. Why would they want to give away one of their best players for a guy who plays 50% of the time? Why would anybody have any interest in that? I'm trying to think here. <laughs> I, I, I have not been on the – this is actually the first time we've really had the conversation – um, about, hey, do you just decide this upcoming summer if you don't think you're going to win at all? If yep. if you don't think if the – you know what, what – You're talking about for next season, right? Next now? season. Okay. Yep, next season. So the all-in strategy, Trav, is very simple. What When you define what does all-in mean, all-in means you have a shot to win it all, right? Like that's that's the thought process. If you don't have a shot to win it all, then how do you define it as all-in? Because um, – you you got to re-describe how you how you define that. The Lakers next season are supposed to be still all in. I, I don't I don't know. You know, you, you tell me if if you have an answer to this because this is kind of new for me to think about. I don't know what the what the value or the market is for Anthony Davis in the NBA. I, I genuinely don't know. I, I still think he's got a lot of value because he's 28 years old, plays both sides of the ball, everything else. I think the availability part is obviously another big piece of it as well. Yeah. I don't know what his value is. It's it's less than it used to be, I think, is the answer. I, to, to your point, is he still valuable? Yeah, he is. He, he still has a great deal of ability. Um, there still is the, hey, if he could ever stay healthy, what would we get? It's still a fair question. The problem is we're 10 years in, and I'm you know me. I'm going to go with what you've given me for 10 years. I don't know why I would think years 11, 12, and 13 would be different than the first part. I I don't think that they will be. Um, I think the part that's interesting for the Lakers, and and, and I want the Laker fans to get in on this too, 877-710-ESPN. You're having – let's put the brain trust together. It's Jeannie, it's Rob, it's the Rambi, and apparently, according to Jeannie, at least Magic Johnson still has a voice to to some degree. They're sitting around in a room, and they have to have this conversation. There, there are two options here. Do we try to get what we can out of one more year of LeBron James, or do we decide that no matter what we put around him next year, it's not going to be good enough, let's start the process over right now? And you, until you can make that decision, you can't start thinking about what the other ones are, right? You need to figure out, do we run it back with LeBron, to your point about being all in. All in means LeBron, AD, and you throw 10 more guys at this and see what you come up with, right? That You're going to probably have one or two other guys stick around, but the vast majority of them are gone. Is that plan A? Okay. And then plan B is 
Let's see if we can move LeBron. Let's see if we can get him on board with an idea of that. Let's see if we can move AD. Let's get him on board with that and start getting ready for whatever's coming next because this middle thing, trying to do both at the same time, it doesn't exist. That's why That's why when we brought up the conversation, what, what do you think LeBron, how he looks at all this? Because – LBJ and Clutch, and you know we know their the impact that they've had on this Lakers franchise. And sure. oh, by the way, it's a big reason why Anthony Davis was traded to the Lakers. A oh, by the way, the the LeBron coming and making the Re- Lakers relevant again and getting an NBA championship. I mean, mission was accomplished. Uh, you know, we want to be greedy and want to get more. I, I get it. I, so does LeBron. So does Clutch. So does the Lakers organization. But that's why I I, I think when we when we frame it up of LBJ. What what does LBJ think he could still accomplish what he wants with the Lakers franchise? I, I look I I think that's a that's a fair question to ask because if he doesn't think he can still compete for a championship even after the dust settles next off season, then I don't know if uh, if if LeBron you know this kind of this this concept four years ago that LBJ was coming and it was a retirement tour or it was I'm going to go worry about Hollywood and everything else. He's proved every year that it's not about that. It's still about trying to win. Can he still win here? No. I, and, and I think that's the end. This, this group, no. And I don't see a short-term fix for next season. That's why I think plan B needs to be seriously considered. Because if the goal of the, is for the Lakers to win championships, their championship window with LeBron James feels closed. It feels closed, and not because of anything LeBron has done wrong, right? Not because of anything that LeBron can't – you know, LeBron still – last night's a perfect example. LeBron got his 30 points, and the Lakers never sniffed that game. They were never in that game, and that's happening more and more frequently, Al. It's not that LeBron can't get points and put up stats and and, and do the things that LeBron does to a point, but – that team's just not good enough to go beat bad teams on a regular basis. So I, I just don't see a fix for next year. So let's talk about blowing the thing up. Let's talk about coming up with what is post-LeBron life in the Laker universe, and why not start it sooner than later? So personally, personally for me, I'm not ready for that. I'm really not. Like I, I, I think I hear every, everything you're saying, and it's not that – um, this will become more and more of a conversation once they have those exit meetings and the yeah, season is over sure. and you start kind of looking towards the off season and what players are going to be available and everything else. But I think turning that page, maybe premature, I, I would say for me, premature, it's too premature at this point. 22 games left in this season. Let this season play out. But I think that conversation is going to be you know, a fair one. And I'm sure there's probably Laker fans that already ha- share their opinion on this that say, no, no, no. This thing is over. I had somebody call into the postgame show yesterday saying, listen, thank you to Anthony Day or thank you to LeBron, thank you to AD, thank you to Clutch. Got a championship. Let's move on. Let's move on. Like that that was part of that was part of the conversation that they were having. For sure. Whatever happens after this, good. I mean, it, it worked out. You got it done. You won a championship. You made a big play and you did get at least one along the way. Let's try a quick phone call here. Let's go to Adam in Los Angeles. Adam, you're on with Travis Lee. What's going on, Adam? Hey guys, uh, you guys are doing a great job. Um, I agree. Right now, right now, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm, t- I'm, I'm really ticked off and embarrassed as a Laker fan, to be honest with you, because, uh, I mean, I have a, I have a normal job, right? And I gotta, I gotta come with effort every day to provide for my family. These guys are silly rich. Uh, they got a lot of money uh, just to play a kid's sport. Let's just be honest. 
And and when I see LeBron turn the ball over and he's just lollygagging over there, staring at his sneakers, um, you know, not even trying to put in an effort to block the, you know, catch up to the to the player that stole the ball from him or whatever. Um, a, a lot of things need to happen, but it's just embarrassing that that hardworking people pay to go see LeBron and the Lakers, and they come over there and they completely give up on themselves. They give up on Vogel. And, of course, people are going to blame Vogel. But in our reality, these are adults. These are grown men that are getting paid a lot of money. And so I get the frustration, but you've got to give effort every time. I appreciate you calling in. Trav, let's do this because I thought something interesting. We hit on this earlier, um, and we'll let Laker fans kind of react to this as well. 877-710-ESPN. Yesterday was a little bit different. Last night was different than some of the other losses that the Lakers have had. The reaction from Laker fans at Crypto.com Arena was a little bit different than some of the other losses that the Lakers have had. I want to hit on that because with 22 games left, if that's the product that we can expect the rest of the way from those players, and this is, you know, it's kind of simple how to describe this. You do call out the players, the coaching staff, the franchise. It looked awful yesterday, and I'll explain what I'm talking about coming up next. Stay right here. This is the Travis and Sleeva Show on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Do you know what a very good rule of thumb is, out for when people, generally speaking, have had enough, they're fed up, that I just, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore? What is it? When, when you get a call like Adam just had this, hey, listen, I work for a living mm. and I do not like what I'm seeing from you. People will tolerate yeah. Um, you know, LeBron, LeBron's so incredibly wealthy, and, and I think he's worth every penny that he's ever earned. But these guys are making tens, and, you know, Russell Westbrook was with $45 million or something crazy like that. And they're fine with that. I, I think li- literally even a guy like regular people that are, are working and they're paying their rent and they're putting their kids through school and all the things that we all do to try to get through month to month, year to year. They're okay with that as long as when they watch those products – that the effort is obvious. Yeah. The effort needs to be obvious. If you're going to make $45 million a year, all right, you can lose, you can miss shots, you can play poorly, but at least if there's effort there, I can stomach it. But the second they feel like they're just going through the motions and I'm asking for your 100 bucks to come to this game and I'm asking you to spend $12 on a beer and I'm asking for you to spend 750 on a hot dog and now you're not even trying, that is how we, that's how you know we've gotten to a different point when you get a phone call like that. So – I think L.A. is L.A. is spoiled when it comes to sports because I think that there are a lot of franchises that understand, hey, you can't screw around in this city because the moment you stop showing that you care, the moment that you stop spending money to go compete for a championship, the moment that people think, you know, the Clippers for how many years were they not just the laughing stock in the NBA – um, no one paid attention to them. No one—they right. they weren't respected, right? No, Under Donald Sterling, You're right. the franchise was not respected. And I think they you didn't know, one, respect the league or the game. So why would anybody respect them? 
he did it, right? Like Donald right. Sterling did it, and right. that trickles all the way down. And, and that's all you need to be a franchise that is laughed at year in and year out. And, and you know, fans aren't going to come support you. You don't have that problem with the Dodgers. You don't have that problem with the Lakers. You don't have that problem with the Rams. You don't have that problem. I think there's ownership right now in Los Angeles. USC understanding the opportunity in front of them right now as well. I, I think there's a just respect the game. Right. Like respect that you have. And the reason why I circle around to this, I'm watching last night's game. The reason why I thought last night's game was a little bit different. Lakers, it didn't seem like the players were respecting the game. It didn't seem like or the fans. I want to add that in there, too, because it's not just the competition. It's people spend a lot of money to go to those games. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that may only get to go to one game a year, you know, or one game every couple of years. And you go out there and guys are just they're not playing hard. It's it's disrespectful. It is. So so this is why I thought last night was different because if you and I were just having a conversation today and it was the Pelicans winning by four, it wouldn't be a shock. You'd be saying, well, Pelicans are 12 games below 500, but Lakers have had games like that. So it's sure. not like it's that out of the ordinary. I mentioned on Friday night, Friday night, Friday we do our show, Friday night Laker game. You got the weekend, obviously. So we're not going to talk much about Lakers and the Clippers. Lakers lost that game. I thought poor execution at the end. Carmelo takes a 25-footer, whatever it is. Lakers end up losing. That's how we're That's how we're supposed to talk about games. What we shouldn't be saying is the crowd yesterday at the arena, they're booing them in the third quarter saying, what the hell is this? You want us to come out here and support this? Mm-hmm. You want us to come out here and watch this product for 22 more games? That's why last night I thought was kind of a turning point in the season. It wasn't just about losing. Is these guys still care? No, it's effort. The the fans feel like they care more than the players. It's that's a problem. If I feel like I'm not getting my money's worth, that's a problem along the way. Let's try another phone call here. Let's go to Richard. Is our next stop, Richard? You're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Richard? Hey, hey. Hey. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I, um, I've been a fan for 50 years now. <laughs> exactly. I remember getting the 33 win streak album wow. handed to me when I got on a bus to go to a Dodger stadium to watch a ball game in 72. They handed us all out these free. And I've been a diehard ever since watching the last two games. It, 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 I don't want to jump around too much, but Adam got it right. Um, the last caller, if it, it's got to start with LeBron. Yes, he's 37. Yes, he's still one of the best players in the league. But he doesn't have the dexterity to dribble into a crowd in the lane anymore and then give it up to who knows who, and he gets it taken away from him time after time after time. Nobody's cutting. Nobody's moving. What is LeBron doing hanging on to the ball until the clock gets down to seven and then throwing up a desperation shot? Vogel looks like the dictionary definition of hapless, and I love Vogel, but he's like, what's he what? What's he getting paid for? What yeah, is Richard, this? Let me, let, let me, let's get in there because I think you bring up some really good things. Vogel does feel like a little bit of dead man walking at this point. The guys have, have stopped listening, and it, it, it's a bad look. Last night was a bad look across the board. And I don't even disagree with what he said, that it starts with LeBron. The Laker effort last night was bad from, from, from right on down the line. Everybody that was wearing a Laker uniform last night played like you-know-what, and the effort was lacking. Um, 
I think it does start with Le- LeBron's the leader of the team. LeBron's the best player. LeBron is the the, the leader of this team. It, it, it does start with him. And even him, even though he had 32 points or whatever it is, Le- it felt like by LeBron's standards that he was just going through the motions. And if he's just going through the motions, then everyone else is certainly not going to be able to go where they need to go. It it feels like it needs to be detonated and started over. It feels like you need a really like a, like Emily cleaning up her room over the weekend, right? You need a spring cleaning. I don't know if it's coaches, I don't know if it's executives, I don't know if it's players. Maybe it's all of it, right? Maybe you just need to completely restart and keep, you know, like when they remodel a house, they'll keep one wall up because, you know, maybe LeBron is the one wall and you rebuild permitting and tax issues. It. You're right. Exactly. Exactly right. Well, and maybe, well, maybe that's where they are because this doesn't work. But this, here, this here, here's is the a, thing: a losing proposition. Trav, if if the season ended today, like if the season was over today, everything that you're saying, I think it's it's fair what you're saying, and you could still have that conversation. But here's the problem: the problem is, I, I think what Laker fans are asking for is. Show some freaking fight. Show that you do care. Show that when these games, yes, there's 22 games left. Yes, the uh, expectations coming into the season was you're going to go compete for a championship. We know all that is further and further behind you. Remember, I, 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 I tell, tell this with Michael all the time. There are new expectations every 30 days or so. Before mm-hmm. the season started, expectation was, yeah, it would be great to be one or a two seed, kind of have home court for most of the playoffs. A month goes by. Well, can you have home court in the first round? Another month goes by. Uh, can you avoid the playing tournament? Another month goes by. Every And now the latest You're conversation so right. is – You're so right. The latest conversation is, are you going to be in the playing tournament? And, and so what you're describing there of blow it up and this and all that stuff – there's 22 games left. There, it's I don't not think, like I, I I agree with everything you said out until that last part. The the play-in tournament th- this season, whether it ends in the play-in tournament, out of the play-in tournament, out of the first, it's over. You, you your your sights need to be set on what are we going to do from here, and, and, and every decision you make needs to be a decision that's based on what's best for this team starting at the beginning of next season and beyond. Because there is no do, there's nothing to do about this train wreck of a season. It is a – because what, really, what's the difference? Out in the first round, out in the play-in round, out with – not even getting – What really, what is the difference? So, I'm, so I'm not, let's I'm move not, to the next thing. I'm not arguing that. What I'm arguing is you can't change anything you have until the season ends, right? That you have 22 games left in front of you. Are the final 22 games going to look like this? Mm-hmm. Are, are half of the games going to look like this? The point I'm making is – you have to at least show some respect to the game and respect to your fan base before the season does end. That's what I'm referring to. Once, listen, before we get to the off season, once we get to the off season, every question you're bringing up, that's going to be the conversation. That's going to be the. But you still got 22 games left, and I'm not yeah. saying that in those 22 games you're going to go make a run because I, yeah. I I don't have confidence they are. But you can't also be losing by 30 to the Pelicans over the final 22 games. Yeah, I think that's the disconnect for you and me. It's like what. What difference does it make at this point? That I, I get it. It's it's a bad look. I, I I'm with you on that. It's a it's a bad look. But what what are they supposed to do? It's, it's just it's a bad try. Team. Yeah, try. no, that's fair. That 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 is show up that to work a with a lunch pail and roll your sleeves up. And they're not that group of guys. That's they're not yeah. lunch pail group. Of guys. <laughs> By the way, I told you this earlier about the. I put out that tweet. Do the Lakers make the playing tournament? Yep. Eighty percent of the fans. Say no, they're not going to make the playing tournament. They, I get that they're frustrated and they want to say no because they're a bad team, but they are just because damn there right are, they are. There are five Damn teams right worse they than are. them. 
Sadly, there are five teams worse than that right now. Let's go to El Segundo for our next stop. And Jimmy, Jimmy, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up? Yeah, gentlemen, we forgave the Rams when they lost three games in November because we saw guys in the secondary punching each other because they wanted to win so bad. <laughs> we, 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 we forgave Kobe going seven years in between championships because we would hear him at practice and in the games screaming at teammates because he wanted to win. Les Snead was fighting to get free agents to L.A. through that entire month, and by the way, he did. Jeannie Buss, on the other hand, says, well, LeBron, it's your problem. You go fix it. So this is the frustration, I think, is that we're not seeing either from the front office with the Lakers or from the players the sort of fight that we expect from the Lakers and we expect from championship teams in L.A. And that's, I think, really the frustration is we had an opportunity at the trade deadline to do something, and we didn't. And then now we're seeing the, the players respond, well, if they don't care, we don't care. You know, it's funny, it, it, Trav, Jimmy, appreciate you calling call, in. by the way. But, Trav, you know what's funny? When when the trade deadline happened, I listen, I'm, I'm still a believer that I don't think there was a trade to be had that was going to change this thing. So to just give away assets just to give them away, I don't think was the right idea. But I, I remember that. you and I saying, can you just think about it? I think at the time there was like 28 games left, 29, something like that. It's like, but they're going to go with this the rest of the way? That it seemed so broken already. You, you come back from the All-Star break. You know, you got that win against the Jazz. You, you're you now 0-3 against the Clippers, and then you lost to the Pelicans at home. At one point, you're down 32. Ugh. This is what you got the rest of the way. So it, it, either these guys are going to, you know, have some respect for the game and have respect for the organization and say, hey, let's fight, or they're not going to. One of the two are going to happen. And he, he brought up something that I hadn't really thought about that I thought was really, really spot on, and, and credit to Jimmy for bringing this up because – Of the three major teams here in town, the Dodgers, the Lakers, and the Rams, everybody, all three of them went all in. All three of them decided, we're going for it. We're close. Win it all or it's a failed season. Absolutely. But here's the biggest difference. He's talking about when the Rams had their bad patch in November. They lost three in a row. It did not look good. They continued to tinker with it. And the Rams, while they didn't play well for the month of November, you never got the sense they were just going through the motions. They just weren't playing well. They were getting beat. So it's like, okay, let's let's see if we can figure this out. We'll add this guy or that guy, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving. And they ultimately did. Let's go to the Dodgers for a second. The Dodgers make the deal for Scherzer and Turner at the deadline, yep. right? And they bring him in there, and they are fighting tooth and nail every single night to try to catch the Giants. They go into the playoffs. They finally beat the Giants. And then they get to the Braves, and they just run out of gas. Everybody's hurt and busted up, but the, the organization went for it, and the players fought like hell. Okay, let's go to the Lakers. The Lakers went for it in the offseason. It didn't look particularly good at the start. It got worse. It got worse. It got worse. Guys are getting hurt. Guys are missing time. The deadline comes. Nothing happens, and now guys are quitting. That's the the big disconnect, right, that they didn't try to fix it on the fly. And I agree with you. I agree with you that there weren't a ton of moves to be made, and just making a move to make a move is sometimes a mistake. But it did feel like the organization is like, well, this is we're kind of out of this. And then the players last night felt like, well, what are we doing here? Let's just get these 22 games over with. That's why this feels so much different than those other two. One ended in success. One ended without success. But they both felt like everybody was fully invested to the end of the line. This does not feel like this. You would have felt, I mean, listen, I, I know if the Rams didn't win at all, you're going you're gonna to feel a certain way. Sure. But if they lost – to the Niners in that NFC Championship game, you're you're disappointed, but you don't feel like 
you got shortchanged. You don't feel beat. like, yeah, you know, that, that, hey, this is just a really good football team, and you're talking about X's and O's, and maybe McVay should have done this. Something like that. They end up winning the whole thing, so that's kind of a different one. But you walked away from the Dodgers season. You didn't feel as if, man, that team, that team just didn't fight. That team, if no. they would have just fought it, or if they would have done this, or you you didn't feel shortchanged. They I did feel like that's how you feel they the could. Lakers. They did everything they could, and they got beat. They they ran out of gas. They didn't. They, the Braves were playing great. The Dodgers were not. Scherzer's down. Kershaw's down. The, the whole thing just came unglued. But it wasn't a lack of fight, which is why the Lakers thing feels so much different. Lots more phone calls coming up on that. And plus, speaking of the Rams, there's something else that they're not interested in. That's next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. So what's, uh, what's Les Sneed's motto, Al? What, 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 what did he ride all the way to a Super Bowl championship? Uh, F the picks. F them picks, right? You know what they should start saying now? Uh, forget the combine because they're not going to that either. They've just that the Sean McVay is not going. Les Snead isn't going, and you you know what? I mean, I I'm in the bag for the Rams. That goes without saying. I'm I'm a fan, and I love what they were able to do. I love the boldness in which they were able to do it. But you know what's I, I really like about them is they're willing to do stuff that no one else has done because mm-hmm. they genuinely believe their way is the better way. And, and here, here's the example. There's three of them. That's why they, you love Staley. <laughs> yeah, well, but, okay, put, put a pin in that. We're going to come back to him. It's funny okay. you say that because that's the kind of the kicker at the end of this. But the beginning of it is we're not going to play anybody in the preseason. When they first started, everybody's looking like, we're well, not going to play them at all? No, we're not going to play anybody at all in the preseason because we think health is more important and we'll just play it straight up once the season starts. And now about half the league does it. They went all in on bleep those picks, right? Get rid of the picks. Give me players. Give me Jalen Ramsey. Give me uh, Sammy Watkins. Give me Brandon Cooks. Give me Dante Fowler. Matt Stafford. Just I don't care about the picks. Bring in the players. And it worked to the tune of a Super Bowl. Now they're saying about the Combine, which is a big NFL event, right? It's something that's on the calendar and everybody gets excited about. They're basically saying, our scouts are – I don't need to go watch these guys run around in their underwear for an afternoon to know whether this guy can play or not. I'm going to spend my time on other things. I'm going to spend my time doing things differently. And unlike Brandon Staley, Mm -hmm. all of these moves that they've made have paid off. That they're not following anybody's blueprint but their own. They're, they have a blueprint that they believe in, that they're executing, that has benefited that team immeasurably. I love that about them, that they're well, so out of the box. I, I think this is also important. I think if you fail with that strategy, you also own up to failing yep. and not get more and more stubborn and not you know dig your feet in even more and say, well – uh, we're going to go for it again on fourth down. Just using that as an example, right? Like we, we, we had the conversation in the past that we thought, hey, Chargers should be in the playoffs. 
But I think that coach held them back from making the postseason. I agree with you. If McVay was making decisions or Snead was making decisions that was holding the franchise back from making the postseason or competing for a, a Super Bowl, that's a different conversation. It, it Obviously, when somebody wins, all you end up talking about are the things that worked out. And when somebody loses, all you end up talking about all the things that didn't work out. But I think there's a good enough balance, at least with the Rams, where we do try things on our own. But if they felt they needed to play everybody in the preseason, they probably would. If they felt like they needed to be at the combine, they'd probably be there. But there's obviously reasons why they don't feel like they don't but need to be there. For the life of me, Slee, before we get back to these phone calls, what what are you learning at the combine that you shouldn't already know? Oh, he did 21 reps on the bench press instead of 19. Move him up my – who cares? I mean, what – oh, he, he ran a 4-4. Kind four, of a four. show, isn't it? Yeah, isn't but, it kind of more of a show? But it's one of these things that it, it is a show, but it, uh-huh. it's a show for us. It's a show for TV. If I if I'm a scout mm-hmm. and I haven't decided on player X is is on my draft board or not, the combine shouldn't change anything. I have years worth of film of the guy actually playing real football. What? Why do I need to watch this thing today? Why? It's not going to change my mind, or at least it shouldn't. So I have no idea, but I'm sure there has been. Plenty of reasons why the combine was such an important big deal, but I, I almost feel like today it's more—it's—it's uh, it's a scene. It's a—it's a great thing to watch on TV. ESPN's going to cover it. Just using as an example, right? But from an actual scout perspective, GM yep. coach, I, I have—I have no idea what you know what their benefit is of going versus not going. Yeah, it doesn't make. It's never made sense to me. It makes less now. Let's go to Pasadena, Slee's neck of the woods. William in Pasadena. William, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Yeah, hi guys. Yeah, lifelong Lakers fan. My parents divorced when I was five, and the Lakers helped raise me. I'm in my mid fifties now, and I can't help but look back to the the eras we went to where we were not great as a team, and what we earned coming out of it. How I love the philosophy of San Antonio and Golden State trying to have sustained greatness. Like, you can look back to how we got magic. We stole a pick and a trade. We got worthy, put the pieces together. How we got Kobe and how we love those two and how they helped build this sustained greatness is how I think sport teams should be put together. And it is frustrating to watch them mortgage our future to bring superstars into this fantastic destination and, and remove all you know, the last one, Westbrook wasn't a great fit, wasn't hard to see, um, complicated the ability to make moves, which was another problem with this addition. But in the big, you know, part of the narrative of his history and who he is will be going to cities and when he leaves, leaving some sort of nuclear fallout. Because those teams from Cleveland to Miami to yep. Cleveland to L.A., yep. you can argue the, mo- the moves all benefited him. And when he left... It took him years and lots of lottery picks to recover. So this and is I hated this, to warn this that is pre- William. Appreciate you calling in. This is there. There are a bunch of angles there, but I'm, let me let me hit on the the last one here for a quick second. He said, "Look at when he left other franchises, how he left them behind. You know what he mm-hmm. left behind, Trav? Titles, banners. Yeah, titles. He left up yeah, a I've championship or two. And, and with the Lakers, when he eventually leaves the Los Angeles Lakers, that's going to be another thing that he gave up was a banner. So, you know, this this argument and this conversation of, well, this is what happens when a team run by LeBron James, every franchise he's played for, they they spent time putting up a banner up in the rafters specifically because of what he was able to do and accomplish. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's, I, 
I've never understood that one. First of all, number one, LeBron James is not the one that's responsible for the future of any of these franchises. LeBron James is responsible for the basketball that he plays while he's in your city. Yeah, give him a percentage of the franchise. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, LeBron James, what the Lakers are going to look like in 2026 is not LeBron James' concern, nor should it be. LeBron James is trying to win championships now. When he was in Miami, it's not, hey, I need to make sure that Miami, by the time we get to 2020, is in a – no, 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 I Can we win now? Nope. Okay, I'm down here. That's fine. That's his role is to do that. So I don't subscribe to the nuclear fallout theory. And as far as mortgaging the Laker future, can I, I'm going to – every time somebody says this, I'm going to bring yep. this up again. None of those guys, the future that you mortgage to send out, are making a significant impact in the NBA. Literally zero of them. Okay, Brandon Ingram had a nice night. Brandon Ingram's never been on an NBA team that's won more than it's lost, ever. Julius Randle is having another terrible season in New York, and he's the reason that that thing is coming apart, at least to some degree. Lonzo Ball is hurt again in Chicago. Okay, so let's stop with the mortgage. And by the way, mortgaging the future brought you a championship. It's not LeBron James is not the general manager of this team. He's involved in some of the decisions, to be sure. But this idea that he's here to sustain the X on the franchise long after he's gone, that's not his role, guys. He's a player that wants to win today. That's it. And at the end of the day, that's what he accomplished. He, he mentioned yes. something about a couple other franchises, which I, I'm, not, I'm not against to this. I'm not opposed to this point that he mentioned. You know what's so unique about the Golden State Warriors? That they drafted – Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green won their championships. X amount of years later, they still have Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. Really, 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 really unique what that franchise has done. And maybe this is part of the Steve Kerr branch of Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson, however you want to call it. I think there will come a time where the Lakers are going to have to kind of start depending again on we got to draft some players. We have to crop these players. We got to do a better job this A, B, C, and D. But when there comes a point in your process of doing that where an opportunity of a superstar wanting to come play for your franchise, you drop that game plan. Yep. You know what I mean? That that's, Yeah. It, it is a good game plan, and I give credit to what the Spurs have did, the way they built their – the way the Warriors have as well. You know what else is a good game plan? Miami's not regretting – their time with LeBron James. Cleveland's not regretting their time with LeBron James. Neither are the Lakers, even though I think some Laker fans, maybe in a sense after some of the conversation you were mentioning last week, maybe there is some regret. I have no regret what the Lakers did with LeBron James. And at some point they're going to have to rebuild, but you avoid that as long as you can if you still have a chance to win. All right, ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. The Dump coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. All right, it's time for the dump, Slee, which just because there is no uh, spring training taking place right now, which is kind of a drag, doesn't mean there's not baseball news. Derek Jeter, one of the greats of all time, he has stepped down as CEO of the Miami Marlins. He's also um, selling 4% or the 4% of the team that he has a stake in. He's getting rid of that. Uh, I thought Justin Turner put something really interesting on his Twitter feed. Basically, I'm, I'll summarize here. He's saying if Jeter's walking away from this with that sort of pitching staff, it's because ownership has told him they're not committed to winning and they're not going to spend the money. And I think JT's probably spot on right there. Yeah, you know, that, that's kind of – you got somebody like Derek Jeter who comes from a Yankees franchise, always had opportunities to win, won multiple World Series, and you go to a franchise that, you know, nobody talks about. It's like – 
it's it's not that everybody's sitting there and oh the Miami Marlins watch out for them right. but if he feels that hey the next 3 4 5 years I don't got a shot to win here that says a lot too of him saying my 4% stake I'm going to sell that I'm out uh, you know, he wants to try to win, and if, if winning isn't one of the objectives or the goals. That's why, Trav, we always go back to this with L.A. It's, this is truly one of the things that if – imagine if the Dodgers, if they were – and I know they went through a stretch of this, but since new ownership came in, you just got accustomed to, to being in the mix and winning. Imagine if just every season they're okay with, yeah, we're 500, we're below 500, it's all good. Look how committed Dodger fans are, and just the the taste of that in the city would be awful. It's funny, like as you were saying that, Al, I started doing kind of some inventory in my head. Let's just go through it really quickly. Put the Dodgers, Lakers, and Rams in a separate category. We all know that they're all in all the time. But let's yep. go to the the other groups of the like. The Kings are in the middle of a rebuild, but the Kings won two cups not that long ago, You're right? right? They, they're they're a organization that's committed to winning. The Ducks are Stanley Cup champions. It's, you know, 2009. It's been a minute, but they had a nice long run where they were very, very good, advanced deep into the playoffs every year, and they make moves to try to make that team better. They're in a rebuild as well. You look at USC football. They finally said, we, can, we can't do this. we got to get back at it. You look at UCLA football. Hasn't been terribly successful, but they made a big splash with Chip Kelly, Yep. to go and get him as their coach. The Chargers may be the the even the Angels who have not been successful for quite a while now, they spend money. They spend it incorrectly in my estimation, but they do spend money. They're not cheap. They're going out there and trying to get things done. The teams in this town, their ownership may be overly involved in some regards, but there's nobody that's doing that Marlin thing where it's like, just bleed this thing, cut every corner, save every penny, don't pay this guy, let him walk out the door. The owners in this city have to be committed to winning or people just won't go. You didn't you know, you know, didn't even mention the Clippers, right? Clippers are no, for sure. certainly Clippers, yes, in that perfect. category where um, you know, their owner is saying, whatever it takes, you know what, we'll go build our own new stadium. You're right, there is that mantra. I I, I think the, the Charger piece of it, this is why it's such a it's gonna be such a challenge for the Chargers in LA. You're already behind the eight ball. You don't have an owner that has proven, hey, I have a recipe of success, I know how to win, and you're competing with all these other teams within your own city. All right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to bring back their creamsicle uniforms. This is a uh, bit of a divisive topic, right? I love those things. I I'm all here for the orange and white, and I don't need to see the pewter anymore. Bring back the creamsicles. I'm all in. What about you? I'm okay with it. I, I, I like, you know, there are some classic, classic uniforms that are out there in sports. I think every year somebody does. ESPN will do something or Bleacher Report. Somebody will put out they're like ranking these classic jerseys. I don't most of those classic jerseys I feel like people like. It's the newer ones that people are more against, right? It's yeah, it's I agree more with of you. Yeah, they, I think people like more of the classics. Those those old school Tampa ones, they're they're kind of kitschy, but they're totally unique. There's there was nothing else like them. I'm I'm all for that. Uh you ready to feel old sleep? Donnie Brasco came out today, 1997. <laughs> so it's 25 years ago. How's that possible? Donnie Brasco, yeah. How's that possible? Not taking my shoes off. Oh, how good is that scene? <laughs> how good is that scene? Yeah. Donnie Brasco, is it, is it just me or is that one of the more underrated Al Pacino, Johnny Depp films out there? 
Well, it's before Johnny Depp went completely insane and, and just started being a weird guy. What happened? It's fine. That when he when he was just making movies, Donnie, yeah. or Johnny yeah. Depp was great. Mm-hmm. And you know, Al Pacino's Al Pacino. Twenty five years ago, uh, Donnie Brasco along the way. How about line. he's oh. feeding the uh, lion in the car? Uh, he's feeding <laughs> hamburger meat. Yeah, it's, well, why not? Just you know, they're they're at the zoo. They're they're getting some stuff done. Uh, happy birthday to Alex Caruso, who turns twenty eight today. And let's just say the Lakers got that one wrong. The late the Lakers missed out on keeping a very popular player, a very good player. I was wrong about him. I thought they'd be able to replace him a lot more easily than they have been. Uh, but happy birthday to Alex Caruso. He's got to he's got to get back and uh, start playing. And it's you know interesting. The Bulls. 39 and 22, second place in the Eastern Conference, only a game back of the best record in the East. So it'll be interesting once he comes back what, what kind of noise the Bulls can make. Somebody must have asked uh, Joe Kelly if he listens to Travis and Sliwa because he gave them their in and out order. He is a three by three with chili peppers, grilled onion, ketchup only. He wants an animal style fry and a lemon up. I did not know what a lemon up is, Sliwa. I didn't it's know pink either. Lemonade mixed with seven up. Doesn't sound terrible. It sounds all right. I feel like they have more secret menu items than most places. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, and, and people care about their secret. Because like the McDonald's, when they try to put out all those crazy, you know, put a filet of fish in the middle of yeah. a Big Mac or whatever it is, that seemed we more did, like a We stunt. did realize the hash brown or the uh, – That did sound pretty good. Yeah, the hash brown with the egg McMuffin, <laughs> yeah, right? That that's what it was. Good. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic <laughs> yeah, mix I'd right be there. I'd on that. But three by three with the peppers, uh, grilled onions, ketchup only, that's okay. That doesn't, that, that's that's a real In-N-Out order right there. Animal fries, I'm going to still say it, I'm team In-N-Out all day long. It's a little aggressive for me. I don't need both animal-style burger and fries. It's a, it's a lot of spread. Do some raw right onions there. for me personally, but you can do the grilled onions. <laughs> that, that, that works too. How do people find the pods, Lee? All right, ESPN app or on iTunes. Just search Travis and Sliwa. Catch the full three hours as always if you miss us live. Uh, plus, Lakers talk tonight from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. 125 million people watched the finale of MASH today, way back in 1983, too. That's a, it's a lot of people that watched uh, a sitcom back in the day. You're never seeing that again. Mason and Ireland coming up next. It's Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. See you tomorrow at 10.